after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer, son, Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given, me, given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars. If you are to count them, if you are to count them, able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it him as righteousness. All right. So God spoke to Abram in a vision and said, Don't fear, I am a shield to you. You know, his shield was not now 318 men. God is his shield. God's his protector. And he says, your reward shall be very great. He didn't need Sodom to give him a reward. God was going to provide him the reward. So you see, God's going to be his protection and his reward. And Abram said, I've got a problem, God. What's the problem? Well, why is that a problem? Because if he's going to give him stuff, it's all going to go nowhere. Yeah, because God has made all these promises to Abraham's descendants. You know, a great nation to them. He'd have a, uh, they'd, they'd receive a land and, and uh, all, all this sort of stuff. And so Abraham's like, I don't have any children. Right now my heir would be this servant born in my house, Eliezer of Damascus. You know, that, I mean, that'd be my heir at the moment. Maybe he's trying to sort of motivate God to do something about this. Because it doesn't, I mean, God's made the promises, but he doesn't seem to have provided any way of fulfilling them. So God says, you know, don't fear I'm your shield and your reward will be very great. And Abram says, yeah, but something's going on here because I don't have an heir. Not really one that counts. And what does God do? Gives him some more details. Yeah. So it's going to be, your heir is going to come from your own body. It's not going to be this uh, servant of yours. And uh, then he took him on a little field trip. Leads him outside and says, look up and count the stars. <laughs> of course, they didn't have electric lights back then and all that. Wow. And he said, well, you know, that's how many your descendants will be. <laughs> that, that's pretty encouraging. <laughs> But it doesn't seem very likely, you know. God needs to really go ahead and get started soon. <laughs> but, but that's what God tells him. God reassures him, you're going to have all these descendants. And uh, how does Abram react to that promise? He believed it. Yeah. And God accepted his faith for his righteousness. When Abraham was willing to trust God, God was willing to forgive Abraham's his, his sins and on the basis of his faith make him righteous. Now, we know Abram as a great man of faith. Think about all the special things Abram's faith led him to do. Here, he believed God when he had no idea how God would do it. Think about how he believed God when he had no idea where 
he was going. And he believed God when he had no idea why he wanted him to offer a sacrifice of his son. He believed God and trusted God no matter what. Even if he didn't know how, where, or why. Comments and questions. Okay, um, so that's, that's, you know, uh, the promise he gives, but he's going to do more than that. God is going to more or less make this into a formal pact, a formal covenant with Abram, and they have sort of a ceremony they go through to do that. I mean, I don't know, I mean, over the years probably people have, uh, you know, made agreements on the base of various things. You know, if you have a gentleman's agreement with somebody, what do you probably do to sort of symbolize the agreement? Yeah, handshake. You know, I mean, I, there are probably some people who, you know, shed their own blood as a sign that, you know, this is a pact I'm making. You know, there's a lot of different things. Yeah. And other parts in the Bible, when um, they have, they put their hand in the fire or something to symbolize the promise? Yes. Yes, and so forth and so on. There's a lot of different ways. Well, here's a way. So 7 to 21. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. And he said, O Lord God, how may I know that I shall possess it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, and cut them in two, and laid each half opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds. And the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation whom they, serve, whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. And as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is, is not yet complete. And it came about when the sun had set, that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenite and the Kenizzite and the Cadmonite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Rephaim, and the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Girgashite, and the Jebusite. So, what does God say he will do? Give him land. I am the Lord, I'm going to give you this land. And what does Abram say? Does this start reminding you of the previous section? You know, 
God in verse one made a promise saying, I am a shield, your reward shall be very great. And Abram says, you know, uh, this doesn't make sense. And he asks him a question. Here God says, I am the Lord your God, I'll give you this land. And Abram says, yeah, but how will I know? Both of these sections starts out with God making a promise using I am, and Abram responding with a question, using in both cases the term Lord God, in verse 2 and verse 8. In both cases, God reassures Abram with a symbolic act, taking him outside to look at the stars, or in this case, having this sacrifice. Uh, Abram brings... Uh, this heifer and goat, ram, turtle dove, etc. And, and he, he basically cuts the larger animals and he lines them up in two columns, these animals. And uh, the birds of prey are trying to get on them, but Abram drives them off. And uh, God then makes Abram kind of fall into a trance. And explain to him what's going to happen. Basically, God is defining the program. Here's what's going to happen over the next few, you know, next millennia or so. Um, maybe not quite that long. Uh, your descendants are going to be strangers and slaves in a foreign land for how long? 400 years. Yes, 430 years. And uh, 400 years, actually. And... Um, then what will happen? He'll return. Yes. Wonder why God didn't just give them the land already? There are more than one reason, but what's the reason he gives here? The iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Which means what? They haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to punish them. Yes, God is going to take over the land of the Amorites and give it to his people. But he says, they're not wicked enough for me to do that yet. God, even though he has full purpose to give his people this land, he won't do it until the Amorites get so bad that he has to do it in punishing them. I mean, he's God, he could do anything he wants to, but he doesn't do that, you know, in any sort of an unjust way. He's very careful about that. Think about what that means for Abram. You know, when God defines this out, then what kind of promise is there going to be for Abram in this? What's he going to get out of this? You're going to die. Yeah, nothing really. You know, there, there's a lot of the, the faithful people of God who have, um, you know, not found in God instant gratification. It's not like we can get everything we want the very moment we want it. A lot of times when God responds to us, he delays. You know, we, we, we are taught faith and patience and all kinds of things by God not doing it right away. And that's what he's doing here. He's, it's going to be a long time in coming. God will fulfill the promise, but it's not going to be right away. And, and then... God passes between the pieces of the animals. And, you know, that seems to have been sort of a, 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 an agreement ratification approach. If, 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 if God passes through these, these animals that are divided and put in, in, in rows, 
God's basically saying, may the same thing be do, done to me, cut and divided, uh, if I don't fulfill these promises. This, this is a very strong promise, very strong commitment on the part of the Lord uh, to Abram. And when he brings them into the land, look at all the nations that are going to be dispossessed in 18 to 21. So this is just renewing the promise to Abram. Uh, very powerful for him. Cameron? What was the point in the birds and the whole sacrifice thing? They were more sacrifices, but they were too small to cut in two. Uh. Don't have much left. <laughs> So this, at this point, it's just the land that he's promising him with this um, he promised, agreement. Yes, he promised the great nation in 1 through 6. Now he's promising the land in 7 through 21. That's exactly right. I've seen a picture, a, a, a man's depiction of this uh, scene and it shows the blood um, flowing down to the middle of, of, the, 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 of the two sides where the animals have been split and divided and it creating kind of like a trough or you know, a stream of blood and, and, and walk God passing down, a man walking between right down through the blood. Okay. Yeah, it was really, it was interesting. It's interesting that God would make an agreement like this, that he would commit himself so strongly. Yeah. You know, why would he do that? You know, God knows he's going to do what he says. So why would God, more or less, put himself under a curse if he doesn't fulfill the promise? So Abraham I think that's exactly right. God is so gracious to give so much assurance to somebody like Abram that he really will fulfill his promise. You know, wow, that's really amazing. Really encouraging the things that you see God doing. The lengths he goes to. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, God could have just floated down a few instructions and said, hey, this is what you do. You know, I don't need a relationship with you. You just do this. But he's so much, just so much more, so much, um, so much sacrifice on his part. Were there any conditions to this? Was it conditional that he would give him the land? It's not like a, no. a give and take agreement like uh, with Moses, you know, in the law. That I, I say no. <laughs> I think it was more a promise than a give and take thing. Other questions or comments? Well, you know, as you continue in this story, we got a real problem. And the real problem is, what are they gonna how how is God gonna fulfill these promises? He still doesn't have a child. He gets to the point where he's 86 years old. Sarah's about 10 years younger, but she's she's barren. You know, she can't have children. God says, Oh, I'm gonna get, make your descendants into a great nation as many as the stars in the sky. He hadn't got one, you know. And I'm going to give your descendants this land, and one of your descendants is going to bless all the families of the earth. And he's 86 years old with a barren 76-year-old wife and no child. More or less, maybe 85 and 75. 
You see the problem? See the trial to Abram and Sarai's faith? You know, God said it, but he's not doing anything about it. It's really hard to be patient and wait on the Lord because we really want him to do what he says he's going to do yesterday. <laughs> Which leads us into chapter 16. Somebody want to read uh, chapter 16, verses 1 to 3? Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall 